0: The book is called Think and Grow Rich. Not walk and grow rich, THINK! Think, think, think. What a novel idea. We can use our God-given mind, our capacity to think about something and affect change in our life. One of my mentors taught me the concept of thinking time based on this principle. Using our mind to affect change in our life. That's what Think Rich Radio is all about. So here's the big question. How do everyday people like us who didn't grow up wealthy and were not taught how to be wealthy in school, how are we supposed to learn to think, invest, and grow wealth like the top 1% without compromising our ethics and our values? My name is Jeremy Whaley. That was my big question. This podcast will give you the answers. You're listening to Think Rich Radio. Hello, hello, and welcome everybody to another great episode of Think Rich Radio. I am your host, Jeremy Whaley, and it's fantastic to have you joining me for yet another episode as we continue our journey working through the great success classic, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And we're talking in this episode about organized planning. Which, for those of you who know me very well, might seem a little bit comical, because I am not the most organized person in the world, and I'm definitely not the most planned person. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have some stuff that I want to share with you, and I think, uh, I think it's going to be some really good takeaways that you will really appreciate. One of the things that I'm excited about this episode is that it's actually a little bit more tactical. There's some actual action steps that we can put in place, which is great. You know, so much of the episodes up until now have been mindset-oriented. And we're going to continue to do a lot of those. That is, after all, the premise of the podcast, Think Rich. How do wealthy individuals think that's different than you know those of us who didn't grow up uh, the way that they grew up? And so mindset is a huge component, but it's not just mindset. It is actions. It's tactical things that we can do that will get us closer to our outcomes and to our goals and to our dreams. And so today's episode, we'll be talking about uh, organized planning, which I think is going to be really great. Before we get there, I want to remind you, go to thinkrichradio.com, thinkrichradio.com and download your own free copy of Think and Grow Rich, where you will also have the opportunity to get notified of my new program, Think Rich 2020, which is going to set us up great for the new year. And uh, while we're talking about that, I want to give a shout out to my wife, Kenya. It's a very special thank you to her. I know she will be listening to this episode at some point. And uh, she's been helping me uh, for the last couple of days as we transform my office and kind of my old studio scenario, such situation that I had, and we've uh, redone it all. And it's really exciting because we're setting it up so we can record video and some of these podcasts in the future are going to be video based. It's going to be really exciting. So special thank you to her. You guys are going to love it. And uh, I'm excited to bring that to you. So we're almost done. Almost have everything set up and uh, really looking forward to that. Somebody asked me the other day, said, Jeremy, why do you keep going through all these think and grow rich concepts from Napoleon Hill? He's already written it. Why would you want to update it? And I said, it's really simple. Number one, Napoleon Hill was a weirdo. Let's be honest. The guy was not a normal human being. I mean, if you've read the book, you know, there's some chapters and you're just kind of like, what was the guy thinking? So number one, he was a weirdo. And you know, it takes a normal human to interpret some of it. Number two, some of his ideas, while they were really cutting edge in 1937, a lot of them are really not uh, not updated, and so it's it, it makes a lot of sense to just come behind it today and update based on some of the modern technology and modern things that we know. And uh, planning is one of those areas. Organized planning was a huge chapter in thinking Grow Rich, but frankly, a lot of his ideas are a little bit out of date, uh, kind of passe, and, and not very practical for today. So what I want to do is I want to go through a lot of the things that I've learned about organized planning. And as I said a few minutes ago, You know, I guess I might be the perfect guy to teach you this because I'm not the most organized person, and so I've had to work really hard on some of these concepts in my life, and I'm going to give you some practical steps, some stuff that I have found that works well for me, and uh, if you're one of those people that's super, super organized and all into planning, well, I think you're going to benefit by hearing how the rest of us think, and for those of you who are not super organized, hopefully you're going to get some good takeaways that you can really apply to your day-to-day lives. Today, we have so many tools available when it comes to planning. We've got our iPhones, our smartphones, if you're an Android user. But, uh, you know, we have our calendars right there that it never leaves us. And really, since the days of the old Palm Pilot, which was, what, 20 years ago now, you know, this whole modern age of organization and planning has stepped up. But even before that... We have companies like Franklin Covey that have built an entire empire around this idea of planning and organization. And a lot of these companies, many of them were inspired by Think and Grow Rich and the original principles that Napoleon Hill set out. Uh, In fact, we've even got people today that are so organized and so planning that we call them certified planners. Can you believe that? Who would want to go get certified in planning? Yuck. Anyway, there are certified planners. I even had a college professor who uh, he actually had a degree, not just any degree, a PhD, a doctorate in strategic planning. That's how sophisticated these ideas of planning have become for today. Now, as I mentioned, I personally hate plans, but I've learned to appreciate them. In and of themselves, I feel like plans tell me what I can't do. It's a lot more about giving us a roadmap, a roadmap of where we want to go. It gives us a direction. If you think about driving across the country, maybe you live in Washington, DC, and you want to get to Dallas, Texas. Well, there's two things that have to happen. Number one, you have to know where you're starting. And number two, you got to know where you're going, right? So Dallas, Texas is the outcome. Washington, DC is where you're starting. Now the question is, how do we get there? And that's where your roadmap comes from. Now, some people are so obsessed about their plans that they want to know where every stop is they want to know where the fueling stops are where's the rest stops where are we going to stop and eat do we need to stop and sleep somewhere along the way other people just need the general direction but regardless if you're starting in one part of the country and you're trying to get to dallas texas you still need a road map or some sort of a guide that will get you there it points you in the right direction it keeps you on track and if by chance you get lost it helps you get back on track Those are, as I see it, those are the three primary reasons that we need to have plans because it gives us a direction, it keeps us on track, and it helps us get back on track if and when we get lost. And for me, these are some of the big takeaways that I have found in my own life that organized planning really adds. And I know that if you're not super organized and you're not a big, you know, big into planning in your own life, adopting these principles are really going to help you take it to the next level because, again, it gives you a direction, it keeps you on track. And will help you get back on track if and when you get lost. I have found there are two types of planners that I run into, two types of personalities. Uh, One is the person who is overly planned. And the other is the person who has no plans. By nature, I tend to fall into the latter category. Uh, But I have a story of a former student that I had over in my previous business, and he showed up one day, and he tracked us down, actually, and he said, hey, look here, I want to show you something. I've been through all of your classes. I've learned everything there is about trading, and I've put together a trading plan. Take a look at it, and we were looking at it, and it was 92 pages. Folks, that is too detailed. A 92-page trading plan to execute your stock trades, by the time you read the plan, the trade is gone. It's totally impractical. Uh, For me, what I found worked really well in the trading plan arena was to simply have a three-step process. Uh, It was really simple. Where are you going to get into the trade? Where are you going to get out of the trade as a profit target? And where do you get out of the trade where you going to cut your losses if things go wrong? To me, that was a plan. And that's really no different than the roadmap of going from Washington, D.C. to Dallas, Texas. It's just, where are you? Where are you trying to go? That is a plan And that's really all you need to have. You need to have the roadmap to get there. But some people they get so obsessed about their plans, if you're not careful, they'll end up with a 92-page document, and you spend more time in the plan than you do enjoying the journey. In fact, I really think that one of the big takeaways about plans is you use them, but you can't let them be the journey. You have to let the plan be the guide. You still have to experience the journey. Speaking of planning personalities, I have a great story from a few years ago. I had a great opportunity to be part of a fairly large mastermind group that I was really excited to be part of. There were 16 of us. We all represented different companies, and we came together, and we called it our board of directors, and we would just listen to each other's businesses and help each other with plans and different ideas. It was one of the highlights of my life. Uh, we did it for four years, and um, at the time, it was one of the best things in my life. And looking back, it was still one of the best things. It just It was a great season of my life. But regardless, there was one individual on that board of directors, that group, and his version of planning was the exact opposite of mine. You could not be more night and day different than this man and myself. Now, this guy happened to have a company that was doing a lot of money. And so we all respected him immediately because he was doing about $50 million a year. It was a good-sized company, and their primary contracts were with the federal government. And his big organizations that he would work with inside the government were people like the FBI and the CIA and the Secret Service and all these like high, high high-intensity positions inside the federal government. And so for this man, he had a model of the world that said, if my... plans fail, people die. And that was legit. They were working on counterterrorism. They were working on all these things that if there was a margin of error of 1%, people would die. And it became really problematic in our board meetings because he would bring that level of intensity to our plans. And here you have me, old J-Dub over here, totally willy-nilly. It's like, yeah, we'll get there. This is where we're going to go. We'll figure it out when we get there. And you could not have more oil and water in terms of two different personalities. Well, what ended up happening, and I watched this happen with several groups, uh, several companies that were on that board. If they listened to this man's version of planning, what would happen is because there was no room for error, they would end up lowering their goals. They would go from stretch goals down to absolutes. So we were always absolutely going to hit the goal, and it became a very predictable metric. The problem was their goals kept getting smaller and smaller. And several of the companies actually started getting smaller and smaller if they were following his methodology because the goals were getting smaller. And so you can't, the moral of the story here is you can't let your planning be such that it prohibits you from growing. See, one of the great benefits that people like me and probably people like you, if you're a visionary like me, is one of our great benefits is we think big. We're always thinking about expansion. But one of the challenges of thinking so big is the planners come behind and they're like, well, what's the logistics? How are you gonna do that thing? I always say this, vision before logistics. Vision before logistics, you gotta dream big, you gotta think big, and then the logistics will start to take care of themselves after the fact. But you've gotta start with the big picture vision. Now the plan is part of that. The plan starts with the vision. That's your outcome. That's where you're working towards. And here's my takeaway after looking at both sides of this. You have super, super detailed plans, and you have super big picture plans. My takeaway is this. A plan should have enough detail to get you where you want to go, but it should have enough flexibility so that you enjoy the journey. I'll say it one more time. A good plan should have just enough details to help you get where you want to go. But it should have enough flexibility so that you can enjoy the journey. And for me, a super free spirit, somebody who doesn't like to have a lot of plans, what I have found is plans benefit me going from point A to point B, but I don't want the plan to become the journey. The plan is just a guide to help me through the journey. It is still my opportunity to enjoy the journey. And I want to suggest the same thing to you. If you're a free spirit, you like to you know, kind of feel it out as you go. Enough plans to get you where you want to go, but not enough detail to keep you from enjoying the journey. That's the secret. So let me give you some real practical steps and practical things that I have found to be really helpful for me as a visionary, as an innovator, somebody who operates in their creative all the time. I found a few things that are really useful. And the first one is the principle of one, two, three, many. One, two, three, many. And I learned this from Tony Robbins. I'll give him full credit for it because that's where I stole it from. But what I learned from Tony is the human brain can really only organize in a conscious way about three things before it short circuits. I think that's why all the Southern Baptist preachers have three points. One, two, three, you can remember. But if you go four, nobody can remember the fourth point, right? It's one, two, three, many. And so what happens is as we start to stack up all the things we need to get done, we can remember about two or three of them really well, and then it just becomes a blob, a blur. And that's where we start to operate in this sensation of overwhelm. I have too many things to get done and we stay overwhelmed because we're not organized enough to keep it down to three chunks. And so the principle that I learned here was the power of chunking. It's something that Tony calls RPM, which stands for rapid planning method. And the theory is really simple. The brain can only consciously organize so much, but it has infinite associations that it can organize. And so Maybe the best metaphor here is to think about a life-altering event. 9-11, for example. Where were you on 9-11? If I say, what did you experience on 9-11? All of you are going to have a sensation that comes rushing back to you. For, for me, I remember my mother calling me and telling me that an airplane had flown into the World Trade Center. Go turn it on. It's all over the TV. Thousands and thousands of people had died. I remember where I was. I remember what the weather was like. I remember unbelievable detail about that day, detail that I couldn't tell you about any other day of my life because I have all these associations to the event of 9 Well, you're the exact same way. If I say 9-11, you have all these associations that come to it. Well, because our brain works that way, what works better in the organization process is to create associations to chunks. And so what we want to do is we want to chunk our life out, basically. For example, three chunks— Would be your personal life, your professional life, and then maybe your relationships. Those are three very good chunks. If I just sit here and say... I've got to go coach the kids' baseball team and I got to record a podcast and I got to go create a new product and I've got to go to these three meetings and I got a lunch meeting with this guy over here and I got to call that realtor over there. And then I'm supposed to go on a date with my wife and oh, I got to also buy flowers and I got to sleep somewhere in there and I'm also supposed to eat some food. And you know, it just becomes one, two, three, many, right? But if I take all of these details and we chunk them out, we realize that about four or five of those things all had to do with the kids about three or four of those things had to do with your personal well-being, your your physical fitness, your personal development they're all about your person you and then you realize that a big chunk of these things are all related to your interpersonal relationships and then there's a chunk of them that are all related to your professional work. And so if you start to chunk it out, then what happens is you go from having all this blurb of overwhelm down to three or four things that you've got to manage, and yes, there's a whole bunch of sub points underneath that. Maybe you chunk it even further, but you have all these sub points, but you've got these big, massive things. I've got relationships that I've got to deal with. I have my professional life I have to deal with. I have my personal life that I have to deal with. And that's a whole lot easier to comprehend, to organize, and to avoid the overwhelm because we're simply chunking it out. Now, I don't have the time right now to go into great detail of RPM. I've probably gone too far right now as it is. But that is a great tool and a very valuable tool that i found to help organize all this massive blurb of things that need to get done and put it into a way that we can actually think through it and not become overwhelmed. Tip I have comes from uh, the book called Getting Things Done by David Allen. Personally, I didn't really connect with the book very well, to be honest. It's a little too organized for me, but there was a principle that I love and I do it all of the time, and that is the brain dump principle. It's the first step of the getting things done method. And what you do with the brain dump is as you think about all the things you have to do, just start dumping it out of your brain. Get it out of your brain so it's not sitting there in your conscious brain and get it on a piece of paper or get it into some computer software or somewhere where you can just have all the stuff there. It's just in a blurb, just a brain dump. And so that's what I was doing a moment ago, where I said, you know, I've got to go buy flowers. I've got to take my wife on a date. I got to take the kids to baseball practice. I got to, you know, do all these different things. Got to get brakes put on the car. And, you know, all these different things, just brain dump, whatever it is. And they may or may not be associated with each other. It's just brain dump. Get it all out of your conscious mind. And that is a super, super valuable technique, especially for those of us who are super creative. Just get it off of the conscious mind, get it onto a piece of paper, and then come behind it. And plug it into your RPM plan, plug it into your chunks and where you can start, you know, organizing it and getting things really separated. That is such an effective tool. And frankly, that's been the most effective tool for me is to, as I think about it, just dump it out, get it out somewhere. And then you can always come behind it when you can start organizing it into the chunks where you can start turning it into action steps that you can really get done. Another method that I have found to be uh, quite useful is what they call the agile method. And this comes to us from Silicon Valley and the technology companies where they're just running so fast in a world where frankly, a five-year plan uh, doesn't have any value to it because the whole world has changed in five years. And so what these tech companies realize is we have to be more agile, hence the name, and they have to be able to develop things much, much faster. Now, I am not an agile guru. So if any of you are agile gurus, don't uh, criticize the way I'm going to describe this. But let me give you my version of this. And I think you might find that it's really a great way to start organizing stuff. And it looks like this. We start with one big picture outcome. We're not going to try to eat the whole elephant as one at once, if you will. We're just going to say this is the big picture outcome. And that might be a year down the road. And then we go to some 90-day big chunks. And then we get down to some 30-day goals. But then we really are focused on the weekly, what we call sprints. And so we're just going to run towards a goal at the end of the week. And the rest of it is somewhat just a skeleton, really. We really don't have much detail there at all. It's just kind of this is the general direction. This is where we want to be in about a month. But then we're going to have weekly sprints, and we're just going to focus on two or three or four things for the week that we're just going to say, I'm going to crush this, I'm going to get this done, and we bang that out really, really fast. And the faster you can sprint through them, the faster you're going to make progress. And you're not going to ever have it perfect because it's a work in progress. Your life is a work in progress. And this has been a great method and a great way of rethinking things. In fact, when I was working with really organized people, this was the only thing that got us on the same page because... Agile method by by default is very friendly to visionaries like me. And so that's another tool that you can consider. You might do some research on that and see if some of those techniques will help you as well. The next thing I want to share with you is the value of thinking time. One of my mentors taught me this concept. And it turns out that I was kind of a natural at doing it. I didn't realize that some people are not natural at this, but let me share it with you because some of you are natural at it and you don't realize it and you need to embrace that. And some of you have never ever considered this before. So here's the way the principle works. Remember, the book's called Think and Grow Rich, right? It's not called Work and Grow Rich. It's called Think and Grow Rich because our brain is where all of that stuff happens, our mind. And if we don't take time to slow down and to think about something, then we're just going to end up with a blob of actions. And it may be the road to nowhere. End up doing a whole lot of work, running enthusiastically in the wrong direction. So thinking time is intentionally setting a time aside where you're going to be very specific and you're going to think through problems. You're going to think through solutions, think through situations, and you let your mind really work on that particular thing. And um, this is a great tool in the planning process because it's out of those thinking time sessions where you will come up with really your best answers. Now, I mentioned that I kind of naturally do this. As a visionary, a lot of times what we do is we'll spend a lot of time, you know, sitting in a coffee shop or somewhere, you know, in the park where I spend a lot of my time doing this, uh, staring at the lake, Um, you know, various places where I can get alone and I can just sit sit down with a journal or a notebook and I can just kind of brain dump all my ideas and start to work through stuff. That's something that as a visionary I do naturally. That's also a very good explanation of thinking time where you just get away and you sit down and you start to think through all the stuff. And that is such a valuable process and I cannot encourage you enough to, um, to, to find a way to work thinking time into your week Ideally, you work it into your day where you do it every day, but certainly once or twice or three times a week Get away for 35 45 minutes an hour and just think Just just get your thoughts out organize your thoughts solve a problem That hour that you think you can't afford to get away and think is probably the most Productive and most valuable hour of your week So I really want to encourage you to embrace the concept of thinking time All right. So as I wrap up this episode, which has been a little bit more tactical, I want to give you a few takeaways here. Number one, schedule thinking time. If there's nothing else that you take from this episode, schedule your thinking time so you can get away and you can start to organize your thoughts. Next, I want to encourage you to find something that works for you. I've given you a few ideas here with the RPM method and the getting things done method and the agile method, but find something that's going to work for you. And if you're like me, then you may realize that you need to adapt from various models. That's really what I've done. I don't have a perfect model, uh, but, but just start to adapt from various models and see what works for you. But the key here is to embrace the planning. Embrace the idea that I can sit down, I can make a roadmap, and then be flexible. Be flexible with your plans. For those of you who are super, super organized, I cannot encourage you enough. Be flexible with your plans. Your plans are a roadmap. It's the, the general direction. It's not the explicit directions. All right, so it just needs to be a general direction, but you need to get some sort of a plan in place. For those of you who are really free spirits, trust me, you need to embrace the plan. And then I just want you to have this takeaway, whatever you do, take the time to have some kind of a plan. Some kind of a plan, some thinking time, adapt something that works for you, have some kind of a plan. And remember this, failure to plan is planning to fail. Failure to plan is planning to fail. So go ahead, start making some plans now so that you can avoid failure at a later date. Hey folks, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. I hope you were able to get some good actionable takeaways from this episode as you think about organizing your own plans in your life. And uh, as a reminder, if you haven't been there already, go over to thinkrichradio.com. That's thinkrichradio.com and download your own copy of Think and Grow Rich so that you can read along and uh, learn all these great principles of success that are now over 80 years old, but they're just as relevant today as they were in 1937. So again, go to thinkrichradio.com. By the way, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe on Stitcher or Apple Podcast or Google Play or iTunes, uh, Alexa, wherever it is that you like to listen to podcasts. Just go there, get yourself subscribed so you can get every episode. And of course, share it. Share it with your friends and your family and your neighbors and that really annoying coworker that you can't stand that really needs to take their life to the next level. Go ahead, tell them about Think Rich Radio so that they too can level up break free and live an extraordinary life. Thanks again for listening. And we'll talk to you soon.